When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Monday, Monday, September the 19th, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. Let's make sure we are good. Video, audio, we're good here on this Monday, rocking and rolling. We're here live. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Seven, I see Carolina Titan, Connor McComish, Lance, Curtis Shell, Panic Ritter, Travi, Noah Johns, Dave Garrick, Travis Allen, Cody Gaskins. What's going on? Also, guys, you're in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. I already see Brendan M saying Therapy Monday. Craig Phillips is the first TDC after the massacre on Saturday. Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> I hear you. Um, it, it is a therapy Monday. It, it's it's a different type of a therapy Monday, but it is. Hey, let's jump into it. Thomas, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris. What's going on, man? You doing all right? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Just uh, just getting this week started. What's up? <laughs> well, I have, I have to be. I have to admit, I, I was a bad fan, and I did not watch the game this weekend. I was actually on a company fishing trip, so I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean while we were getting. Hey, don't even don't uh, even blame don't, you, my guy. Don't even blame you. And I'm sure you looked at the <laughs> score and were like, "Thank God that was the case." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I went fishing <laughs> instead. I did catch some fish. So, uh, but honestly, I, the reason I kind of the reason I went was I wasn't expecting it to go just about how I went. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say our program right now is 47 points away from being national champions, and that's kind of what I mean. That's kind of what it boils down to, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think at least um, at least 47 points. I mean, Georgia, you know, Stetson Bennett didn't play the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? So, I think if they wanted to hang 60, Georgia was well within reach of doing that. I mean, they they, they were able to do whatever they wanted to do. So, um, you know, it is it is the harsh reality. You're right. I, I, again, I won't blame people, though, here on this Monday for being frustrated about it. I, I just because, you know, I even talked about on the podcast that, that released this morning that, you know, I'm struggling because I, I, I mean, I'm someone I, I call it as it is, right? Like I, I'll be very blunt and honest about, like you know, we don't have the players in certain areas to to compete, right? But at the same time, it's like I don't think us asking to be competitive, just at least for a half, right? I don't think that's asking too much. I, I really don't, you know, like. And we talked about year two. It's how you win, how you lose, all that jazz and. I understand Georgia's a totally different beast, so maybe this will just be the one-off of the season. Um, but, you know, if this trend continues of going into these big games and just getting your your brains beat in, I, I just that, – that's disturbing, you know what I mean? Because, again, we can live with a lot, but, man, just getting dragged like that. The game was never, never in doubt, you know what I mean? From the opening snap, it wasn't in doubt. So, it's it's – Right. It's tough. It's just tough. It is. And, uh, again, you do have to tip, I, your, tip your cap to Georgia. But, man, it's just hard to watch. Really hard to watch. Right. And, uh, I mean, 
I think this team will bounce back. They don't want to get embarrassed like that week in and week out. And if we do have to get embarrassed, I'm glad it's to the number one team and not to a team that we should be really competitive with. Right. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, there's a reason Georgia Open is 26-point favorites. I mean, just bottom line. And one other thing I wanted to discuss, I know people this week is going to be fire Satterfield week for pretty much everybody in the fan base. And I'll admit, like I said, I did not watch the game. I haven't gone back and watched it, so I haven't seen the play calling. But in my opinion, bringing in a whole new system, whether it be, I mean, God forbid, middle of the year, but definitely going into next season, that's going to set us back a little bit. Having, I mean, whether it's Luke Doty or Rattler coming back to learn a whole new system again, it's not really going to set us up for a good year next year either. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off the phone, and uh, I just thought I'd call in and get my two cents first thing. So, no, Thomas, I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, great stuff. Yeah, and that's uh, that'll be sort of the sentiment today, uh, as we heard from Thomas Walker. Guys, also, we got Steven Garcia coming up in about 10 minutes or so, so stay tuned for that. Of course, guys, if we, if, before we go any further, I do want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. So, the Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends at – Prize picks go down with the prize picks. Have go to prizepicks.com. When you do use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, a lot of our listeners are winning big, winning big money with our friends at prize picks. Um, you can bet on prop plays, any sport. Obviously, again, that's prizepicks.com and or the prize picks. promo code TSUS. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? No, much. Hey, Chris. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Hey, Chris. I see Marcus Stafford has lost the fan base. You know that? Yeah, we lost control, D. I mean, when your offense stinks, yeah, you you uh you tend to lose the fan base. So, and and definitely Saturday. Um, you know, listen, I I I I I know that we have we need to upgrade the roster across the board. But some of those third down play calls, man, you, you just you just do no you do yourself no favors. You, you really don't. Um, the the Decarion Joiner third down and six, the first drop that that was baffling. That's still baffling. Some of the decisions to run the ball up the gut on third and eight. I just some of the play calls, man. Some of the play calls really. But at, at the, and at the same time, I'll say this though. At the same time, like I see some plays out there, and Shane Beamer pointed this out by the way. I see some plays out there that are there to be made, but our guys just simply didn't make them, whether it be because the the offensive front broke down, which I think is a lot of the problem still. It's still a lot of the problem. Offensive front breaks down or, or, or Spencer doesn't make the throw or, or what have you. The play doesn't get made. But at the end of the day, like we talked about over the summer, I, I don't care what spin zone you want to put it in or what you want to blame or what excuse you want to make. This season's going to progress. It's going to go, right? We're just three games in, but this season's going to go throughout. And if we get to the final game and this offense has stunk all year, I, there, there, won't be, there won't be an excuse good enough, a spin zone suitable enough to make anyone want to bring him back next year. You just got to produce. At the end of the day, you have to produce. That's it. Bottom line. It's a results-oriented oh, yeah, business, I so I, I I don't blame. Listen, I, I'm not, as I said on the podcast, I'm not going to sit here. I don't want to be the conductor of the Fire Satterfield train right now. I, I sort of feel right now about Satterfield how I felt about Mark Kingston. When it was like, I was like, I don't feel like I have to say anything about Kingston. The, the results during the season will seal his fate one way or another. Now, obviously, he's back. That's a whole different story. But with Satterfield, I just sort of feel like, Either we're going to be productive and get better 
and he will save his job and be retained. Or we're not, and we're going to be porous offensively, and I feel like at that point it will be a no-brainer, right? So I I still – I guess guess when it comes to Satterfield and the offense and and everything with him, I am waiting to see – okay, your first three games are in the books. Really all three were not great matchups because of the mismatch up front. Your O-line's trash. Nope, sorry if that hurts feelings. It's not very good. It's a deficiency. Right? Like, you know, the offense oh, yeah. as a whole isn't clicking. You, know, you got a bunch of new pieces. I just want to see now, over these next two weeks, is there massive improvement? And then Kentucky. K- Kentucky is where it comes to a head for me. K- Kentucky, if it's not clicking by Kentucky, if you can't go in election and have a positive offensive performance, I'm sorry, but it's probably scoring 30 points. I, I just oh, yeah. if you if you can't if you can't do that then then that's kind of where I'll say you know what if you haven't figured it out by now I just don't know that you're going to get it figured out so oh yeah and Chris the thing about this is look man Shea Bieber he got to set this up man because let me tell you you can't push your head down what happened this Saturday he he's got to hey take it like a man and you got to make a change you can't you can't be a chili all the time right Chris. You said what now? You can't do what? I mean, Shabir, he's got to make a change, Chris, because you can't be like a chill all the time. You got well, to I mean, they're, 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 they're not going to do that right now, man. And, again, you did play the number one team in the country. You played the best defense in all of college football. They're, they're, they're not going to – if they're making a change, it's behind closed doors and you won't know about it. I mean, that, that's – they're not going to oh, fire yeah. Satterfield today. That's almost why I'm, I'm not voicing it either because there's just no point. Like, they're not going to make a change at OC after three games. They're just not doing it. So I, I mean, if they if they did, if they did, I'd be shocked. You know, maybe I, I guess never say never in college football. But uh, you know, I everything's got to get better. Coaching's got to get better. I mean, Shane Beamer pointed out players got to make plays. He literally said that. Go look at the quote we just dropped this morning. He he, he just said players got to make plays, right? I mean, so um, and, oh, and guys yeah. I've talked to that played football for Carolina said Chris plays were there Saturday. They just didn't get made. So it's oh, all yeah. got it's all got to get better, top to bottom. I will fault no one, though, for bringing the heat to Sat. I will fault no one. I will fault no one because, oh, yeah. again, you're you're the guy behind the scenes that's supposed to make this thing work, and it ain't working. It just it's not working. But again, was Georgia the like that? That's the thing. I picked forty-one to ten. You know, I I picked a blowout loss. My expectations oh, yeah. were set very fairly. You know, but it's just watching oh, it yeah. unfold and the way it happened, it's it's tough to stomach. It's just really tough to stomach. You know what I mean? It, it's being down 38 oh, to nothing, yeah. what, 45 to nothing, or what, at 48 nothing before you score. I mean, it's just it's tough to stomach, man. It's tough to sit through that. And But we all knew last week, you know, you have, you've had no run game at this point. You haven't had much explosiveness at all. Offensive line has had its troubles. They they got better from week one to week two. And you know what? That, you know, you're facing Georgia for all things considered. Fine. Whatever. Played fine, I guess. Yeah, played fine. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. we knew that going against Georgia, that wasn't the week to figure out your offense. It wasn't the week to figure out your identity. It wasn't the week to, to really get it rolling. You know what I mean? So, it's all about now, oh, yeah. these next two weeks, get the offense rolling. Figure out what your identity is, what you want it to be, what you're good at, 
And then again, it all just comes to a head in Lexington because at some point, man, it has to click. At, at some point, it has to click. So yeah, we'll see. I, I agree, Chris. Hey, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris, before I got here, man, let me tell you something, man. I don't have to say this, but let me tell you something. Georgia's best, Doc. That's the way to put it, right, Chris? I mean, Justin, that might be the most no-brainer thing of all time. Yes, Georgia's better than South Carolina. Yes, that is, that is a fact. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get – no, I, to your point, though, Justin, I get what you're saying. I mean, that's we, – we talked about it all last week, and I gave you a very realistic prediction, an honest evaluation of the game. Georgia, better than you at every single position, top to bottom. There ain't a single position on the field you're better than Georgia. Not a single one of them. So, and Georgia has elite depth. Elite depth. Difference between us and Georgia. Hey, Nicky Mawari goes out for a play. What does Georgia do? What does Todd Munkin do? The next play. They go after B.J. Gibson. I don't yep. mean to single him out, but that's who came in. They go after a new safety. They got freaking, they, 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 they you know, send a guy in motion. Gibson bites on it. There goes Brock Bowers down the seam. Bye-bye. See you later. So, it's just – they, but Georgia, they're bringing in a guy that's another five-star, another big-time guy. Oh, yeah. We don't have that depth. And, oh, then yeah. you, and then you have the injuries on the defense. And so, Georgia – let me put it to you this way. That Georgia game was not a great measuring stick of this program and this football team because Georgia's just light years ahead of you, and, and that's just the reality. And Georgia's going to beat a lot of people the way they beat South Carolina. And, and I still think, you know, oh, again, yeah. I come out of the game Saturday, like I still think winning seven is still possible. I, I, I do think that's still possible. Um, I just don't think Georgia was the quote-unquote measuring stick that anyone should should look at and say, well, but, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just better than you. I mean, the only team, again, I think that can hang with Georgia and beat them, of course, is Alabama. Um, so I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Chris, and thing about Georgia is I picked them with the East this year. And, and people sit there and laugh and say, why you pick Georgia in the East? Mm -hmm. Because Georgia, I feel like they got – I think they got strong depth, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, again, Justin, I, I love you, my guy, but it is not a bold take to say Georgia was going to win the SEC East. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you'd be, I think, kind of a lunatic if you picked anybody else. So, Georgia's elite. They've got the best players, top to bottom, no doubt. So, Justin, we're going to jump into the call, my guy. I appreciate you chiming in, though. Oh, yeah. Take care, Chris. Go yeah, man. Cox. You too. Go, Cox. Appreciate it. Here, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Will from Dirty Myrtle. Here we go. Will, what's up, man? How are you? I've been doing better. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. Hey, just to give you an update, uh, Garcia texted me. He's going to jump on at 1230, so you got some time. So, just wanted to just let you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. <clears throat> um. Okay, so real quick, the good. Yeah. The good is we scored a touchdown, which I guess we were the first to do that against Georgia. And uh, also the good thing is that Oregon actually got beat worse than we did, and they looked pretty good on Saturday beating another ranked team. So you could take some kind of positivity away from that. But other than those two things, mm. it, was a rough, it was a rough Saturday. Um, I think we're all a little bit – shocked at some of the play calling how bad that was like some of those third down calls I mean to put Dak in right in the first drive when he just when Rattler just made a pretty decent <laughs> throw to Stoggs and, and you, you know on that next third down you put him in I don't I don't believe in that the third and eight where you run it and then you run it on fourth down when you didn't get it on third down mm -hmm. um just 
just demoralizing play calling uh, personally. And then let's call it for what it is. We're all excited about Spencer, and I'm still behind him, but we're three games in, and he's got two two touchdowns and five interceptions. Granted, we played some tough competition, but I don't think any of us were looking at, you know, at the beginning of the year thinking that was going to be his stat line after three games. I just kind of wanted to get your thought process on that. Side note, Will, did you watch the simulation in the preseason, the simulation? I did. I did. It's wild how it's playing out that way, really. Because it was like Rattler. Yeah, other than the Georgia game. We right, got right, Mario right. Walker, but Rattler, yeah. like in that simulation, <laughs> threw like nine, like he threw like 10 touchdowns, 11 picks. And I'm just like, man, maybe, <laughs> maybe the sim is on to something. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, obviously we're going to, we're going to spend the, the front half this week talking about that Georgia game, but it, it's, dude, I, I really think it's a game you almost just have to flush and pretend it didn't happen. I, I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, it just, it was, it was, it was varsity playing B team, dude. And again, the play calling was maddening. You know what I noticed more than anything though is, is I just noticed on both sides, I felt like I noticed so often Georgia just literally shoving us around. I mean, the, the amount of times yeah. I saw Austin Stogner get blown off the football, and, I, and I'm not trying to just, like, nitpick him, but I just – I remember one play specifically where it was, like, a run left, and he's blocking on that end. I mean, dude, he got pushed back, like, four yards. And then and, and then noticing yeah. Georgia, right, they, they were running swing passes. Georgia was running swing passes. But the difference in when Georgia was running a swing pass versus like when we run a swing pass, right? Georgia's dudes blocking us on the swing pass were like driving us into the ground. It's just like – so, I mean, again, I'm not excusing. I just noticed that. I just noticed that during the game. Like, it, it just – they were bigger, faster, stronger, smarter, everything across the board. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it makes a guy like Sat look even worse. Um, it makes a guy like Sat look even worse. So, I mean, listen, it all falls on him. I, I, I think the, the the Georgia game, again, was not a great – was not a great measuring stick. And, uh, you know, we're one and two, which is where we all thought we'd be. I mean, I guess that's the positive, right? It's it's not like we're we're 0-3. I mean, we're, we're where we thought we were, one and two. Um, but it's just the yeah. way it's happened and, and enduring it firsthand is – you know, but but I will say this: Spencer Rattler's got to play better. But anybody out there, and I, I already see the comments. Uh, you know, people asking: Should Doty get more reps? Should Joiner get more reps? Rattler's not the guy. I, I just think it's I think it's pure foolishness, man. I still think it's pure foolishness. Right. I, I just uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I completely disagree. So yeah, I just when I saw Rattler because I mean I I like Rattler a lot, man, and I mean I was super duper excited to get him, and I still think he could still do a lot of positive things for us this year. Because like you said, everybody knew we were going to be one and two. It was it's not a surprise, but it's just how we got there that kind of makes it a little demoralizing. But but um, I just didn't like when Spencer threw that ball up. That really kind of, you know, the second interception, he just threw it up there. Mm -hmm. It was just like he just hucked it, chucked it, and I'm like, come on, bro, you can't do that. And I know it's frustrating that you you can't get nothing going on offense and you got to take your shots, but that just felt like I don't give a shit throw. You know what I mean, and and I just I don't I don't want to see that from him. But I, I feel like we can get back on our grind the next two weeks, and that Kentucky game is now do or die. Right. If you want to go and win seven or eight games, you got to be Kentucky. If yeah. you don't be Kentucky, we are going to be struggling to get bowl eligible. And that's, I mean, and that's and that's that's what I said all summer. I mean that you 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 know I, I saw folks again, many folks. You know my good friend 
Brad Crawford, and there were some others too that picked this team to start three and three and even three and four and then win the next four SEC games in a row, you know, Vandy, Mizzou, Florida, and Tennessee, and, and go seven and five. And I, and I just felt like that really wasn't doable. You know what I mean? I just, I just, you know, I, I, well, maybe doable is a harsh word, but not likely, not likely. So, right. I just, I know, listen, I, I know how we feel today. I know how we feel today. I know how, how I feel today, at least. Thank you so much, sir. But you, you lose to Kentucky and you're, you're three and three and 0 oh and three in SEC play going into the bye week. And it's just going to be really rough. I mean, it's going to be really rough times. So. I mean, I'm, I'm personally, last thing, I'm per, I mean, I'm a little scared, man. I'm a little worried that, you know, I had a lot of high hopes for this year, you know, thinking we were going to have a, a better year than we did last year. And I think we all know that that we're, we're, we're that Kentucky game away from not maybe getting to even the seven wins we had last year. When you look at the games down the road, the Floridas, the Tennessees, the Clemsons, that Texas A&M, a lot of those games are games we might not win. So... You know, I, it's just a little – it's a little scary, man. I, I hope we can get this thing right. Because, like you said, we go into Kentucky and we lay an egg, there's a lot of people going to be on the chopping block. Right. No, I, I there's listen. There's a lot of people going to have to make answers. Yeah, know? listen, I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed, too. I'll be pissed, too. I mean, that's what I'm saying with the offense. It doesn't click by Kentucky. I, I just I, – I don't know that there's hope that it ever will click. But anyway, brother, I'll hang up and listen, man. Have a good one. Will, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Uh, guys, 843-790-3377. Steven Garcia going to join us in just a moment. Uh, Steven taking care of some stuff today, getting back into town. So, excited to chat with him, get his thoughts. I mean, again, guys, I, I would say this. I, I come out of Georgia, extremely frustrating game, got our tails beat. I, I still think going – I mean, listen, this – what's crazy is this. Did I, ex- did I expect us to struggle as much as we did in the season opener? No, No, I did not. All right, I did not expect that. Arkansas and Georgia, I could say have damn near went how I thought they would. Now, Georgia, I thought it'd be more competitive. I, I really thought it would be more competitive. Certainly, but certainly I thought we would lose. It's terrible. What's going on, man? How are you? No, I'm good, my guy. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Man, uh, first off, the welcome home uh, hat. That's 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 a fuego lid. Um, Thank you, appreciate it. So we lost to Georgia. We kind of all knew it was coming. I just didn't expect it to be a landslide. Um, I understand what everyone's saying. Yes, our offensive line needs to improve. They somewhat have. Spencer, he's an asset. He's a positive. We added. I can't blame it completely solely on him. He could have had a better game, which after watching this game in their pressure situation is another reason why I'm hoping. And I feel like he might be back next year because some of the throws and inconsistencies he had in that intense pressure situation, that's something that I think with the right OC, definitely not sadder shit, but under the right coaching of Beamer, can be polished up and made into an NFL stud. He's got the intangibles. He's got the raw talent. It's got to be polished up. With the OC calling, Marcus Satterfield reminds me of a kid who got a bunch of toys for Christmas, and he got this one favorite one, and that's all he knows how to do is play with it. Swing, pass, swing, pass, run. Run, swing, pass, swing, pass, run. It's not working. And then 
I agree completely with what you posted uh, on the Facebook page, the call that ended it for a lot of Gamecock fans, the third and eight. It's third and eight, and we're running the ball against Georgia. The only way Satterfield can impress me and make me not say this, you know, fire Satterfield is I need him and Coach Satterfield, with all due respect, if for any reason you're listening to this podcast, I need you to take your right hand and cuff it and reach between your legs and squeeze and still see if you have a pair because your play calling is not indicating. Lynch, this could be a reason why I'm not an SEC offensive coordinator, but in my mind, we come out against Arkansas and we open the playbook up more. We've seen Spencer take shots. We kind of gambled versus Georgia. It was very conservative. There was no creativity. There's been no creativity. So in my mind, it was like, hey, we're down three scores. In the word of John Mox's dad, bring that pigskin, throw the ball, just fire us up, do something. I just, I just had to get that off my chest. Other than that, go Cox, man. Um, I'll be uh, taking it off air and uh, listening to uh, your rebuttal. I got to get back to work. I just couldn't stand it anymore, dude. Yes, there's things that our players need to improve on, but shit rolls downhill in the real world. And the OC, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what, what they got for. Appreciate it. Go Cox. Appreciate it. Well said. I mean, listen, well said. Um, I think he speaks for a lot of us. Yeah, I mean, what did he? What did he? Uh, what What did he not say that I could say? I mean, that was that was it, man. Drop the mic. Um, yeah, a, a lot of questionable play calls. A, a lot of questionable play calls, and, and it certainly doesn't help, right? When you're playing a team like Georgia, and they're gonna they're already gonna make a good play call and not look good. So when you have a not so good play call, it's it's gonna look really terrible. Um, yeah. No, listen. We we talked about it all preseason. Um, you, you traded in the beat up hoopty for a Ferrari, and if it didn't work right, it was going to be the driver, not the car. And I just to this point, you know, through three weeks, and there's still a lot of season left, a lot of football left. But um, again, there, there, there's losing, and then there's getting your asses beat, and then there's what we watched on Saturday. And, and I just I, I think that's where it's really tough for people to and again I don't I don't think anybody I, I don't think anybody I, no matter the talent gap I said this on social media no matter the talent gap I don't think anybody should just just be accepting of what they saw on Saturday you know I don't think anybody should especially folks who are Gamecock club members who are going to games who are who are paying their hard-earned money right Ain't nobody should be okay. You know, it don't matter who you are. You don't have to be going to games. You're watching this team and you're wearing the garnet black. You're investing your time and your energy. Like, nobody should be satisfied with that effort. I, I, I don't care. I mean, listen, we can point out the obvious stuff. Georgia's better than you. They got more talent. They got more depth. They're, they're an elite. I, I will continue to point that out. But that doesn't mean we should sit here and just take it and be, be all happy. And, well, it's okay. You know, they're just really good. Like, it just the, the thing that kills me is just the lack of competitiveness. That's what kills me. Uh, the lack of competitiveness. And I, and I tell you, I'm just so tired of watching teams that don't have good offenses. And I'm not even just talking football. I'm talking baseball can't hit right now. Basketball's had trouble scoring. Men's, I should say. <sighs> hmm. 
Let's let's also point this out too, by the way, because I, I I tell you this, I think top to bottom as a football team, as a whole, South Carolina's got to play better. Defensively, you forced one turnover in three games. Guys, we talked about this in the preseason. Biggest question mark for the defense. Can they get turnovers at the rate in which they did last year? And if they don't, are they still a good defense? Again, it's only been three weeks, and you've played two top ten teams, but the answer through three weeks is no, a resounding no. Guys, let's go ahead and get him on. It's 12-28 every single Monday. The Roach King joins us to break it all down. Roach King, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, I've been better, man. <laughs> you, you doing all right? You, you, yeah. you struggling a little bit, case of the Mondays? God, man, just that was uh, flying up there. Is just, it's, it's almost easier to drive, to be honest with you. From Tampa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the connecting flight, I'll tell you what, I'll never fly to a, um, Atlanta ever again. <laughs> I will never do it. Tough, t- tough airport. Golly. Yeah, it was not uh, not fun. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a long weekend. So, you know, I was there since Thursday morning. And, um, obviously, the game didn't help anybody, any, uh, anybody in Garden, Garden and Black colors. So, yeah, it was it was a tough one for all of us. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Stephen, outside of that, how was the weekend? Because I, uh, you know, we all saw you were with Steve Tannehill and uh, yeah. I, know you were, I know you were out and about in the town and everything. How, how was uh, how was it being back in Cole? How, how is it for you coming back, I guess? It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, you know, had a great turnout at Grains on um, Friday. Uh, got a chance to see um, Jen Kirkman from KW. Uh, he's been a you know family friend for shit uh, two decades now uh, throughout the beer business. But yeah, man, just, you know, it was good seeing everybody and Believe it or not, that was the first time ever going to group therapy, and holy shit! You went. You went to the uh, the Friday after class thing, right? Didn't you go to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying that was the first time ever being there, and I was okay. like, this place is absolutely insane. <laughs> oh my god! They, they have a, they have a good time there for sure. That, yeah, that's a, that's a fun little watering hole, if you will. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, well, like, like you mentioned, the. Uh, the game made the weekend rough, and we'll go ahead and get into it. Just first, I want to get your your take and impressions on Georgia because I, I think that's where our, I, I know you know this is obviously you know we call it Stephen Therapy Monday, and for many many folks that's what these types of Mondays serve as, and this one even more so than last week because I feel like last week you know we were sitting here hey there's there's positives to take away you know even though you lost, but when you lose forty eight to seven, I don't think you're leading on Monday with well let's talk about all these positives that came from the game. But you do really have to start with, like we talked all last week, man, Georgia is, I mean, they're just loaded. I mean, every single position, they've got elite depth. They are truly one of the elites in college. Well, I, I really believe it's it's them and Alabama. They're just in a class of their own at this point. For sure. I mean, it's 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 them and Alabama. And it's and you know, it's almost like Georgia's kind of taking the lead now, uh, yeah. as far as like being the most dominant team in, in the whole country. I mean, it they are a well oiled machine and it's that was that was tough to uh tough to watch, man. But I mean, they're they're the number one ranked team for for a reason. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're number one right now, aren't they? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. They took over, they took over that number one spot last week. So yeah, yeah, well deserved number one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, they they on every facet of the of the football team. I mean, their offense, offensive line, run game. I mean, just quarterback. Every everybody's just kind of firing on all cylinders. And you know, I was talking with a couple of the uh, a couple older players. Um, and they were just like, dude, the, the confidence level that George is playing with, like they just know walking into every stadium, they're just going to beat your ass like down. So that's the kind of confidence that, uh, you know, you like to have uh, from a team. And, you know, I, 
we I, I it doesn't look like we have that right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely tell because you listen to Kirby after the game and they're talking about, you know, that defense is expecting to give up zero points. Like that's, and you got to have confidence to, to be playing you know, with that type of expectation, that type of uh, elite level, if you will. You know, we'll start, Stephen, obviously with the offense. Um, and I want to get to the defensive side because they, they need to, you know, we need to talk about that as well. But obviously offensively, a, a lot of the conversation centers around some of the decision-making, the play-calling, if you will. And, again, we're going to get specifically into the, the players themselves and the play on the field. But uh, just what you saw from the Gamecocks offensive game plan, I mean, I know it's really tough. It's, it, it's much easier said than done to say, well, just devise a game plan to go up against number one Georgia, the best defense in college football. Like, you know, that's why I said last week I was not envious of Satterfield and Beamer having to sit there in the film room like, how are we going to attack these guys? But uh, – you know, of course, listen, when the offense doesn't perform, the offensive coordinator is going to hear it. And uh, it's That's interesting, though, you hear fans and the cries for, for fire Marcus Satterfield come out or there needs to be, be a change, what have you. But I talked to former players behind the scenes. I talked to a guy like Jake Crane that, uh, you know, used to coach football. I talked to a buddy of mine who's coaching in college football right now. And all they tell me is how overrated scheme is. And they say it really does just come down to players. And they say, and this comes directly from a guy who's in the SEC coaching, Chris, bad players make bad, or coaches look bad, average players make coaches look average, and great players make coaches look great. So when you look at the scheme and the game plan, like, like where do you fall on that? Because, again, from others I've talked, they said there were plays to be made there Saturday and they yeah. just weren't being made. So, I mean, is it a mix of both? Like, you know, because everybody wants to pin it on Marcus Satterfield right now. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and you know, shit flows downhill, you know. So, I mean, it's – if, he, if he's going to catch the blunt of that, I mean, he's going to catch the blunt of it. Um, that's just what it is. Uh, but that being said, I remember there was a saying, I'm not sure exactly if I'm going to butcher this or not, but it was like, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a hundred percent accurate. Um, you know, when I don't think when we had Lattimore, or we had, you know, Jadavian or we had Alshon, we had these guys. It's not like, Hey, I need you to run this at directly at 12 yard route. You got to run exactly at 12 yards. You don't get 12 yards. You know, we're in trouble. It's like, no, man, you know, if he runs eight yards, if he runs 10 yards, I'm sure he's going to make a play. And that's just, you know, it's it's kind of like how that is, man. And we uh, we, we just got to get back to the recruiting side. It, it's it's really tough when you got guys in your backyard that are winning national championships, talking about Clemson. Um, they're recruiting their ass off. You know, you got Georgia winning the national title. Um, you know, everybody's just recruiting at that next level. And we got we got to get there in a hurry. And I just it, that's just what it comes down to. But on that note, I will ask you, Stephen, did you – your thoughts on the game plan? I mean, did you feel like there was something they didn't do you would have liked to have seen more of? Or, again, like you said, was it just simply you thought they had a good plan, but Georgia's just that good? I mean – Yeah, everybody's got a plan until you get hit right. in the face. <laughs> and they, they they hit the shit out of your face, and they, they yeah. want to make sure that you know that they hit you. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to see a couple more – I mean, as, as stupid as it sounds, a little more trick plays, a couple more, you know, I, I don't know. But I know that's kind of like real gimmicky. But at the end of the day, man, you got to do something to kind of change the momentum. You know, doing the bubble screens and the, and the slants and the draw. I mean, it's just you got to take some shots when you're playing against the number one team. You just got to. Yeah, for sure. Now, you talk about Spencer Rattler. And obviously, again, the, the, the second guy in that chain, shit flows downhill. I think the quarterback's the one that's going to catch the heat. And, you know – you look at that game again on Saturday. It's against Georgia. You know, he has the two interceptions. Just just talk about what you saw from Spencer. I, I think the number one thing that I think everybody's seeing at this point now, 
Stephen, and, and I think a lot of it, maybe, you know, some of it comes back to him not trusting his line. It just goes back to what you were saying since the jump it is yep. he moves his feet a lot. You know, I mean, he's not, he does not look comfortable in the pocket. Let me just put it that way. Like from, from what I can tell he's not, and again, it's Georgia. So I'm, I'm not surprised he's not comfortable, but um, your overall thoughts on Spencer Rattler's play. What did you see? Um, I know that's a really tough, you know, it, it's hard to draw conclusions, I guess, or look at that as like, well, that's your test and, and that's it. And that's who you are. Right. Because, I'm sure they're going to perform well against Charlotte, SC State, and you go throughout this this season, if you will, with much more manageable competition for where we're at right now. But, uh, you know, your thoughts on Rattler and, and just his play, and it was just kind of another another tough day for him. Yeah. Like I said, man, in that very first game, I just – you know, everybody's like, oh, the offensive line is, you know, trash. They're this and that. It's like there was times where – I mean, you got to bail your offensive line out. you got to throw the damn ball away. Um, you know, don't hold the ball for five seconds and expect these guys to hold the guys up. I mean, that's – you know, when you're holding the ball for that long, it, it it's tough to hold your uh, hold your ground. So, I mean, I like I said the same thing. He he is. I feel like, in my personal opinion, that he's moving around a lot. He's seeing the rush, not necessarily feeling it. He's more seeing it, and it's a lot different than the Big Twelve. You know, it's just it just is. Uh, so I, they got to figure something out, man. It's I, I know I keep saying they got to figure something out, but it's people are starting to lose patience. And when you get your ass handed to, you you know, by 41 points, then it's, especially at home. Yeah. The people are starting to, heads are going to start wanting to be rolled. And I think Steven, that's, what's really tough to, to stomach, you know, cause I, I mean, I'm sure you saw, I mean, I picked 41 to 10, right? Like I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it real. And if I think we're going to get killed, I'll just tell you, I think we're going to get killed and try to not sugarcoat it. But like, even with my pick, I, I, I just, it's tough because I expected Georgia to flex their muscles. They're an elite for sure. But like, also you just, I don't think it's asking too much to ask a football team or asking Carolina to be competitive. You know what I mean? Just for a little bit, just for a yeah. little bit, if they wear you down and, and Georgia shows, you know what? I, I think we can all live with that, but it's like you mentioned, it's like, you know, we came in a year two saying, you know, it's more so a little bit this year about how you win and lose and show. I think what it is fans, people want to see progress. And it's like, how do you quantify progress? Because I agree with you on the on the the progress of the program. And as long as recruiting is staying positive and is doing well, then Shane Beamer is doing what he needs to do to build the program. That's that's not even worth discussing. I think they're obviously crushing on the recruiting trail. But fans just want to be able to cling to some sort of progress. Again, Georgia's not the team to you know try try to I guess get that out of if you will. But yeah, it's just it's just tough. Like twenty four to nothing at half. It's thirty eight to nothing in the third quarter. You're just like, dude, because <laughs> like yeah. we see it on a on a weekly basis. Teams in college football, you know, stay in games with teams they have no business staying in with. And it's just like, is it really good enough to just well, you know, Georgia's just better than us. So they're just gonna wipe the field with us. It's it's just right. it's it's tough to stomach. It, it is a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm reading some of these comments right now, and it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's like. App State has better Jimmys and Joes than than A and M, or no? I guess they're saying better than we do, but yeah, App State is playing. You were talking about confidence. App State, and I talk to Chase Bryce literally almost every single day. Um, I mean, that is as confident as a football team as you can possibly have right now. And I mean, that's what it, we. Just, I just don't see this out of us. I don't see the the confidence exuding that you know, like mm-hmm. we're gonna go in there, we're gonna hang, we're gonna hang at least forty points on you, like. I don't care who we're playing against. We're going to put the ball in the air. We're going to score points. And, you know, you look at App State, and that's – I mean, they're going in there, and they're, they're throwing – he's throwing the shit out of the ball all over the yard. So, yeah. that's – I'd love to see that, to, you know, to kind of circle back and, you know, talk about, like, what I'd like to see out of our offensive, you know, system. But 
I'm just I'm not seeing it at all. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you on that note, Stephen. Like, because I, I, I don't think we've seen that from the jump, and until so it's like where, where, I mean, I, I guess it's hard to point out. Like, why is that, or where does that come from? But it, but it is interesting. You know, you point that out, and it's like we're not playing with a whole lot of. At least it doesn't look as if we're playing with a whole lot of confidence or swag. And again, that's not just a Georgia game thing. That's from literally like the opening uh, snap. That's from the opening sure. snap this season. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I just. Who knows? Who knows what it is? Um, you know, that's that's one disadvantage I feel like the NIL kind of calls is some of these guys are getting paid a lot of money and they're just like, who gives a shit if we win or lose? Like, I'm going home and I'm driving a freaking, you know, brand new Mercedes. Like, I, I just don't really give a shit. So, you know, that's one disadvantage, I think, of the NIL. And I don't want to even say anything that that's, you know, the case in that, in that locker room. Right. But, you know, that's just kind of my general opinion of the whole the whole thing, man. I. I just remember, man, like I'd have, I'd have cookouts and, you know, guys, guys to my house every single Sunday after the game, you know, it's like, you know, that was a fun, we either, we got our, we either won or we lost. And, you know, it's like, fuck it. We're gotta, we gotta be a team. We're going to get back confident and, you know, just, you gotta have that team camaraderie. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Again, I'm not in the locker room. I just don't think, I don't see a whole lot of that right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, to point it out too, and, and not trying to put you on blast, Stephen, but you're talking about how much it meant to you. I mean, I remember, I don't know if folks remember this, by the way, after that Papa John's Bowl, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. that the game? I think you were tearing up in the post game. Oh, I, I, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, I cried like a little bitch, man. I I, I fucking <laughs> hated it. Um, you know, I hated it because I was I was kind of like the young guy on the team, and right. I hated that you know our the seniors and the guys that were going to the league. Like I hated that they had to go out with such a shitty performance. And yeah, I know it was cold. It was freezing. It was the coldest game that I've ever played and never been to, to this day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, I hate even talking about it. That was just. I don't know, man. I'm a passionate guy, so you know. Yeah. I, I like to wear I like to wear my uh, emotions on my sleeve. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one one last thing, Stephen, and we we'll get off the Georgia game mercifully. Um, on the defensive side, I mean, you have five starters out. Even if you had all hands on deck, it was going to be a really tough task. I, I just want to get your thoughts on what you saw from Georgia. I mean, the Gamecocks obviously have to improve defensively. Just have forced just one turnover in three games. That's got to get better. You got to do a better job getting the ball off people. That's what Shane Beamer has said. Everybody in that building has said. But uh, I think we can put the whole Stetson Bennett is a game manager thing. I, I think we can put that to death. I hope. I hope. I, I, I still <laughs> are people still saying that? I I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't follow it closely enough, I guess, to what the folks are saying, but I'm sure they're out there. But I, I just I mean, dude. He, he's he's proven i mean i think he's probably got to be one of the front runners in the heisman right now for i would the hope he's, the way he's playing so yeah um and it, it comes it comes yeah. down to confidence man he you know they yeah. win the championship last year and I, they're just playing with the most confidence that i've seen in a, in a college football team in, in a while that includes you know alabama when they were steamrolling everybody and uh, i mean they just know that they're going to go out there and beat your ass now, Stephen, let's move to you move forward. You get your ass beat. How do you bounce back? How, how do you come into this week now? Again, it's on this Monday. You're preparing. You got. You know you've got Charlotte, SC State the next two weeks. Those are two very manageable opponents. And, Stephen, you talk about you talk about confidence because that is extremely important, right? I mean, the game's all mental. I mean, it really is. Every sport, it's all mental. You talk about who you're playing this upcoming week. Charlotte is dead last in defense. They're giving up like 560 yards per game. 45 points per game. This is the week to get confidence. So, I mean, how, how do you bounce back? I mean, I, I'd assume it starts in practice, you know, rallying your, your guys, you know, uh, banding together, if you will. But, but what's the, you know, 
from a former player, what, what's the, sort of the, the methodology, if you will, to bounce back in a big way and, and, and get back, right the ship, if you will? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I remember we lost 56-6 to six against Tebow in 2008. I'm pretty sure it was 2008, down there in the swamp. And um, I remember going after the, uh, I'm on the bus after the game. And, you know, this may sound like pretty fucked up, but, I mean, we were just kind of like joking on the bus. We're like, what, what, what are we going to do? I mean, we, we got our asses beat. I mean, we can't sit there and sulk our heads. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Coach Sparrow's like, we're not even watching that tape. Like, that game did not happen. Let's completely put that shit behind us and, you know, go to the next game. I mean, that's what you have to do. Um, otherwise you're just going to beat yourself up and just feel like a bigger piece of shit. If you watch, if you watch yourself on tape the next couple of days, getting your ass whipped, it's just, it's not, it's not good. Um, so I think, you know, moving forward, I think you just put that game behind you, try to maybe talk about some positives that came out of that game, which there aren't many, um, but try to bring up some sort of positives and, and get ready to go. Cause like you said, this, the team we're playing Charlotte dead last in offense. If we, if we don't put up a shit pile of points, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Satterfield will, will make it out alive. <laughs> and I, I like him. I like him as I like him as a coach. I like him as a person. He's uh he's always been cool to me. So I mean I like the guy. Um, but he he's got to use this game to really get his uh, his name back in good graces. Yeah, I mean you know it's it's like you know we all say it's it's uh, a results oriented business. I mean you, you got to put up numbers and especially when you add guys like Spencer Rattler and all these pieces. Let's talk about Rattler. Again, he can use this week, right, to build confidence. And, I mean, biggest area of opportunity for him in regards to making strides and having a positive performance, like, is there one thing you're like, is it setting his feet? Is it being more comfortable in the pocket? Like, what, what's the thing he absolutely needs to at least begin doing in this Charlotte game to set up success for the rest of the year? Sit in the pocket and, and make the throw. Not try to scramble around, not try to do all the other stuff. Uh yeah, I think just get the ball out of hand and, and just be accurate and get and get the ball in the playmaker's hands, you know, as quick and as often as possible. Um, but again, I still like to see the ball like down the field. Um, you know, I don't know if that's just kind of like our system, our play, what we're trying to identify as is, you know, kind of a dink and dunk West Coast offense. But I'd love to see, I mean, the kid's got a live arm. Um, I'd love to see the ball down the field and, you know, hopefully come down with it and make some damn plays. And I think you can use this game, Stephen. Again, Charlotte struggled so mightily defensively. You can use this as a confidence builder for your entire football team. And I certainly, by the way, I don't want to sit here on this Monday and, and take Charlotte for granted and just say, well, we're just going to go out there and beat them by 50 because college football is crazy. And, I mean, yeah. God forbid, this is not a team that needs to take anybody for granted at this moment in time. I mean, Charlotte, I don't know if you saw this, Stephen, they just beat Georgia State over the weekend. So – you know what I mean? Like they obviously have some players, right? I think yeah. They beat them like 42 to 41, but they did indeed beat them. So um, you need to go out, execute, play good football. Obviously, you do that. You should be able to get the victory and get the victory pretty handily. I mean, you're a 22 and a half point favorite, I think, right now at this point. But um, starting early is very yeah. uh, to get on the get on their ass. 21-0, first quarter, just boom, 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 and, uh, and then I think I think we'll kind of see that confidence kind of start coming out. Yeah, I, I was going to say the last thing you want to see as a team, like you were mentioned, hanging their heads, like the Georgia game almost like beats you twice and you're sleepwalking through the first quarter. And, I mean, there's already going to be – I mean, you need something to feel good about as quickly as possible. 100%. 100%. I just saw the – so we're, that's a noon game again? Well, so this weekend is actually 7.30. South Carolina State was announced today as a noon kickoff. Okay. Which be, so that would be the next weekend. 
So well, I'll be up there for that. Yeah. So a little, little nooner for the for the SC State game. Love that. Yeah. Another, another early tailgate. Love that. Yep. yep. Um, and I know we'll we'll figure out we'll collab on that stuff. I'm I'm just thinking here. You know, last thing before we get you out of here, Stephen. I mean, again, I I feel like I'm I'm going to sound like a broken record to continue to ask you this, but thoughts on identity moving forward. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's you, again, you've got Charlotte, SC State, then you got Kentucky and Lexington. That's where this season sort of comes to a head. I feel like in regards to shit or get off the pot. Like, which right. way is your season going to go? Um, I mean, you you need to build an identity that 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 best suits the talent you have on the roster, the talent you have in the offense. But is there you look at this team, you're like, this is what this team's identity should be. Like, does that does it stand out to you at all? Like, obviously no. they got to run the football better. They've just got to run the football better. I think it just all comes down to that, really. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't see an identity at all. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't even. You got, you got to build one. You got to use these next two weeks to build one. One hundred percent. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Like I said, we got, we got to jump on these guys early, um, and not let them stick around. Because if that starts happening, then it's, it's. I think the boo birds may be coming out. Right. And that's, I, that's never fun. That, that's not a really good uh, confidence booster. No, I, I was going to say, Stephen, for you guys, I mean, the, the mentality going in games like this. I mean, I. I think of it from the baseball perspective, like when you're playing your non-conference, you're like, man, this is the time to, you know, kind of flex, you know, boost your stats. Like, these are stat booster games. Like, again, 100%. don't take your opponent for granted, but I'm sure, again, coming from your perspective when you're a player, it's like, bro, let's go out here and throw up 100. I mean, if we can, you know what I mean? Like, boost the stats up. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it starts with the week of practice, man. If you go in there and you're just kind of bullshitting around yeah. and, like, taking it for granted – these guys are D1 college football players. I mean, they, right. they're not just a bunch of morons. Um, they, may, they may come around and, and hit you in the face if you're not careful. So, I think, uh, like I said, I think you forget about this past game. Try to, try to figure out whatever positives you can from this past Saturday and, uh, and, get, and get your confidence back and just have a great week of practice. Have everybody flying around. Don't let anybody just kind of coast through the week and then go out there and put on a show on, uh, on Saturday night. Stephen, well said, my friend. Always appreciate your insight. Always appreciate you taking the time. And uh, looking forward to a lot more cheerful Saturdays, much more cheerful Saturdays than when we, the one we had this past weekend. So, <laughs> I hope. I hope so, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll link up uh, in two weeks. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll go ahead and get that taken care of early in this week and, and, and fire it up so you guys stay tuned for that for sure. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Stephen, I truly appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. We'll see you all. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon. Great stuff. Steven Garcia, former Gamecocks quarterback. Guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break. On the other side, though, we're getting back to taking your questions, your comments, your calls. More of that on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I want to say thank you again to Stephen Garcia, former Gamecocks quarterback, taking the time to give his thoughts on um, give his thoughts on the game on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, when you lose 48-7, I, I don't know that there's really a ton to dissect and break down and say other than you got your ass beat. So, um, you know, hopefully, obviously, this is a football team. I thought it was really interesting, his comments on confidence, right, and, and the confidence level that this football team is playing with or, or not playing with, you can say. Um, you got to start to build that confidence this week and the next two weeks. I mean, it's just got to happen. You need a 
positive performance in, in regards to the offensive side. And I mean, in a big way, man, I, I, I really think the goal of the next two weeks should be to be to score 50 plus both games. I mean, I, I know that's going to, oh, we might not even score whatever. I understand where that's coming from because, you know, we're all reeling or spiraling after the loss to Georgia, but you, you got to find a way to put up big numbers. I mean, you just, you just have to flat out bottom line. Um, it's, it's just got to happen. It's, it's just got to happen. Um, because, again, here's the thing. I, I picked this team to start one and two, right? I picked this team. No, see, Coach Ford, I disagree. I, I don't think these two weeks mean squat. I, listen, I understand just because you you beat Charlotte 50 to nothing and SC State by 50 to nothing, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to go win eight games this year. That's not what that means, but you desperately need it. You you need something to feel good about. You need to build confidence. You you do. You do. You, you need to build confidence going into Kentucky. You need to be healthy. You need to be confident. You need to have success on the offensive side. You need to find something, right? So I think these two weeks mean a lot, actually. I think these two weeks are important. It's important to play well. It's important to go beat up on somebody. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you go beat Charlotte 50 to nothing and all, and all is right in the world again, but you desperately need to go play well. You do. You desperately need to go play well. You need to go have some success running the football. How about that? Have some, some success running the football. So, you know, a, a, that absolutely needs to happen, no doubt. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Um, again, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in to Steven Garcia's segment. I see my guy, um, Mitch West, SC Weather on Twitter. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much for the love on social media, my dude. I don't know if you're tuned in right now, but I appreciate it. Y'all go check out Mitch on Twitter at SCWeather underscore WX. Really, really good stuff from him. Another great content creator on the weather side of things. Anyways, phone lines are open, guys. I know y'all got, got plenty to say. I know y'all got plenty to say here. Let's see. Uh, by the way, in case you missed it, SC State is indeed a noon kickoff. That is a noon game on the SEC network. Um, SEC Network. Let's see. Greg Bedinger in the TDC Questions channel says, Kentucky's better than us. We should not expect to win based on our play so far this season. Time to face facts, and the next two opponents will tell us nothing. There you go. Let's, let's kind of scroll back and get into these questions. Here we go. Go ahead and jump to the phone lines. Call from... Robbie Davis is Axby's Hall of Famer. To accept... Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Well, aside from us getting our ass whooped Saturday, I'm doing fantastic on this Monday. On this Monday, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Well, it, the Georgia game went about as expected, right? We expected to get our get our, get our ass whooped. Dragged into an alley, beaten to death, and robbed. That's, and that's literally what happened. Okay. You coming into the next two weeks, even though yes, they're against quote unquote lesser opponents, right? You got to play with some daggum heart, doggone it. The next two weeks, you got to play with some heart. Talent don't mean. At this point, I don't give a crap what kind of football player you are. You got to play with some daggum some some heart and some freaking some. Gusto, doggone it, okay? 
because in a couple of weeks we got to travel to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And if we play the way we, the way we played against Arkansas, now we we wound up making it somewhat close against Arkansas, but we got lucky that Arkansas didn't beat the dog mess out of us. Okay, because our tackling was just awful. Mm-hmm. But if we we need to play, the next two weeks. We need to play with some some heart, some freaking pride, okay? Play with some pride, and I don't give a I don't care if we're up fifty to nothing. Score again. I don't give a damn. Score seventy. Score eighty. Score ninety. I don't care. Score a hundred. I don't give a damn. The whole point is to score. The defense's job is to stop you. I don't care. Score. Try to break the record for most points scored in the game. I don't give a damn. Score. Because if we play anything like that the next these next two weeks, South Carolina State can beat you. Do I need to remind people of what they did last year? They won the historically black college championship last year. South Carolina State is not going to be a pushover, Okay. And Charlotte, well, you said before you went to break, you said Charlotte beat Georgia State this past Saturday by what, one point? Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. Enough said. So, Charlotte, I, listen, Once I don't care if we're up by 21. Score again. I don't care. I don't care if we're up by 200. Score again. I don't care. Beat South Carolina State's ass and beat Charlotte's ass and play with some pride. And win these next two games and go into Kentucky with at least something, with some pride. With some, and we go into Kentucky with a little, bit, a little bit of pride, a little bit of confidence, and take care of business when we play Kentucky. Because mm-hmm. Stoops deserves an ass whooping for what he said at SEC Media Day. For what he said at SEC Media Days, Stoops, he deserves an ass whooping. I ain't got nothing but respect for him, but for what he said, he deserves an ass whooping. Yeah, I mean, that, listen, that'll be a – I mean, it's 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 crazy how it's sort of playing out the way I said in the preseason. But, uh, you know, again, that, that game will serve as a, an inflection point in the sense of, you know, if you're going to overachieve, the over-under in Vegas was six and a half. And, and Gamecock fans scoffed right. at that. Oh, oh my God, six and a half. That just I, we got Spencer Rattler now. We got you know this guy is disrespectful. Uh, well, Vegas knows. Right. So if you beat Kentucky, you know you have an opportunity then to still win seven. God forbid, maybe even eight. You know, lose to Kentucky and yeah. you're fight. You're fighting to get to six, five and sevens on in in the cards. It's very right. realistic. So yeah, I mean, but yeah. you but but the focus obviously was, is these next two games, right. and you need to. You need a pair of 30 to 40 point wins. I mean, really, truly, you do. You, you need a pair of 30 to 40 point right. wins. You need to get the run game going. Right. You need to figure out who mm-hmm. the hell are your top targets on the outside. Spencer Rattler needs to develop some freaking confidence, right? Everybody needs to develop some confidence. We need to see a defense that's swarming. We need to see a defense that's forcing some turnovers. These next two weeks, 
you can't draw any conclusions. It's just all about building confidence, as Steven Garcia was talking about earlier. Like, like it, it's, it's all about right. having something to feel good about. So you go into Kentucky on right. the highest of highs possible. That's what you need to do. Right. Now, you're going to probably be mad at my dad for this, okay, because he said this Saturday, right? He said this Saturday while I was watching. Let's get our, get our shit kicked in, mm-hmm. okay? He look, he looked at me. Now, if he's listening, I don't. I, I like listen. I get what he was trying to say, okay. But I try. I also tried to explain to him that you know he thinks Rattler is trash, and there's a reason why he got benched. And I was like, Dad, when he was at Oklahoma, he had five star players around him. Here, he does not have that. He's got to basically do it on his own. Mm-hmm. And if you've got an offense where the only way you can move the ball is by your quarterback running around, that's a problem. I mean, you've got receivers that can't get open for some unknown reason. Yes, we had some success against Arkansas, but you've got wide receivers that can't get open. They can catch the ball, but they just can't get open. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I told my dad, I was like, look, whenever he was at Oklahoma, he had five-star athletes spreaded all over the field at Oklahoma. Okay? There's a difference between there and here. And right now, we're not where we need to be. And do I think, do I still believe in Beamer and this coaching staff, to some, some people on this coaching staff to an extent? Yes. But if we wind up sputtering against South Carolina State and Charlotte on offense, I will be that guy, Chris, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I will be that guy that says those words. You ain't even going to have to do it. I will be that guy. I don't give a damn. Like, I'm to that point. I'm surprised you weren't in Columbia today helping Sat move his stuff out. Oh, if we, if we play – if the offense plays like crap the next two weekends – Oh, I will be. I'll be. Hey, I'll be. I remember now. I'll be at the state game. I will be at the state game, but my aunt ain't gonna be too happy about it being a noon kick, though. Yep, bright and early. You better be there. Better get your ass in cold. Like, well, the game clock. I'll be like the game clock walks at ten, so we gotta be there before ten. Better wake <laughs> your ass up. So, oh, I'll be up. I'll be up by eight. At the latest, eight thirty. I'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go. Indeed. Robbie, looking forward to it, my guy. I think we're going to kick SC State's ass personally, and it'll be a sad bunch of Bulldogs going back to Orangeburg. But either way, uh, that game's in two (laughs) weeks. We'll focus on Charlotte right now. And, yeah, I mean, we we, we need to play well, no question. So, uh, phone lines are ringing off the – going to be on ESPNU, right? This weekend, ESPNU, yes. The big channel, right? ESPNU, which is – it is a big channel, but it's not the main channel. Oh, you know – yeah, that's what I meant. To yeah, say. it's it not is, It's not streaming, it yes. Channel, but yes. not the big, big channel. Right. It's not – yeah, it's not <laughs> like yeah, a streaming – I'll be watching it. Yes. Right. I'll be watching it, but uh, and then I will definitely be there in, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a great rest of your Monday, and uh, leave the dumb stuff to me, and go Gamecocks. Robbie, I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, man. Take care. Here, let's jump to the phone. We got calls. Bree. Phone lines ringing off. Here we go. Bree, what's going on? How are you? 
<laughs> What's up, Chris? So, uh, hey guys, it's honestly, it's not all doom and gloom. I uploaded a lot of videos uh, just now, uh, premier room and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of breakdown on the offense. I haven't gotten to the defense. I don't know if I'll get to it. This was a lot of work to do the offense, guys. When you see the breakdowns on the plays, you'll understand. And I don't have Wi-Fi. Guys, it wasn't that bad. Chris, what did I tell you the other day about the balance effect? What, what was going to happen this game that Marcus Satterfield was going to try to do? I, I don't know. Tell me. I, I'm my, my brain's scrambled eggs right now. <laughs> All right. So we talked about it the other day. We said he didn't run the ball enough. The criticism was in Arkansas he didn't run the ball enough. And I said, watch, he's going to bounce back and he's going to run the ball too much in this game. And we had 34 passing plays and 30 rushing plays, almost a 50-50 perfectly balanced offense. But guess what? Only tells me we could do it, by the way. So we might not need to be as pass-heavy as, as we were, as we were thinking, because we have a lot of good notes on the O-line and things like that coming up, guys. But um, it was very balanced. Spencer did nobody got sacked, so there's none of those uh, you know, extra rushing plays in in the tallies or anything. Right. And Spencer only scrambled twice. Um, so the numbers are, are the numbers. You know, there was basically thirty rushing plays and thirty four passing plays. It was pretty pretty even split. Um, and certainly the question comes in some of those big calls, why are we running plays in these in these third downs? And those those were those running plays that he overbalanced. Like, oh, you know, I've been overpassing. Let's try these third down runs right here. Uh, Coach Beamer alluded to the fact that he had given um, uh, Satterfield some heads up. Hey, we're going to go for, you know, it's basically four down territory. And some of those plays may have been the case. But, you know, in my plays breakdown, you'll hear me talk about, um, you know, the situations where it's like, yeah, but maybe I'd have liked to have had two shots of Spencer throwing it right here versus – you know, uh, a long third down run. And, uh, you know, so those were those were actually going to end up being the things that cost us performing better. Um, the breakdown and the analysis I had shows that the O-line stood up. We had really good run plays. Um, it, we actually did well um, on our run plays. Uh, we had a few negative plays. Um, you know, so there were opportunities. The issue actually did come back a lot of times in key situations, maybe some coaching decisions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so that was, you know, you hear people going, oh, fire Satterfield and all this. Now, uh, and stop me if you want to get alerted, man. No, no, I, got, go I got a lot. Yeah, no, okay? go I've got, I've got a lot. Okay. I got you. Um, I've got a lot here. So, um, <sighs> I wrote some notes about what I was going to focus on. Like I said, the other line actually held up well. Um, Satterfield had some really good play calling. Um, they did a lot of uh, the same stuff I was telling you guys last week. They did line up in the formation, the A formation, uh, with a single back, and they lined up in shotgun. And they interchanged those in tempo situations where they keep the same personnel on the field but be in a different formation, and that worked out really well. Guys, I heard – I had somebody say to me, um, you know, well, I don't think we can uh, get Spencer, Spencer under center that often and be, and be performing well because of our O-line breakdown. Well, actually, every time we were in the ace formation and we were in it quite frequently, um, we had great performance from that formation. So under center, Spencer did really well. And I'm going to talk about why I think that uh, there's a reason for that, you know, a little bit going forward. 
But let's just focus on, I didn't think that Marcus Satterfield's play calling was, was all that bad. He, he, had the, he, he went into the formations and used the kind of bunch setups and things that I kind of suspected he was working towards. Minus, he didn't have Janine Bell in the backfield. You know, uh, I, can, I could go on about that. I'm going to see how that develops, and we'll just leave it at that one. I, you know, I had initially thought Janine shouldn't be back there, and then you heard me last week talking about how actually he could be. So we'll just see how he develops that and let that go. Uh, but the, the formations went smoothly. I heard one of the broadcast announcers talking about how Georgia doesn't get any uh, penalties when they're subbing all these defenders out and all this stuff. Well, actually, with the complexity too of our offense and how they're shifting in and out of uh, these different formations and not getting any like um, illegal uh, formations, penalties and stuff, they played really clean, guys. They played really clean. Um, that had them prepared to be in these different formation the only formation that i didn't like that satterfield kept going to and i break these down in, in my videos um he kept doing this basically no running back in the backfield he's got three wide receivers in the backfield set and it was really weird and i broke those down and why i thought they were really weird and just some completely unnecessary it could have been with those plays could have probably been replaced with just a two-back set like i had discussed before with jaheem in the backfield with a running back that would have been probably where i'd like to have seen that set and he didn't really go to that set because he took Jaheim mostly out of the backfield but he, he did he did this several times where he had uh, just several receivers in the backfield and no running back, no running back anywhere, not not on the field at all. So, um, you know, it was just like, uh, well, I guess we're passing here. Um, we put Amari and Brown in motion a lot, but we never handed it off to him. We put him in motion, threatened to jet sweep with him. I don't know how many times we never handed off to the guy. Um, and that's going to lead me into my discussion about him versus Joiner. Okay, Chris? You said, and you've been the one calling it out, going, why, why is Joyner not in the game? There's a little bit more to it than an injury. Joyner had enough time in this game for us to see he's healthy right now. Now, did he just get healthy just for this game? Possibly, sure. Okay? Um, but right now, I feel like Brown is getting the reps that Joyner should. Okay? Um, Brown is in there because he's a speed threat and whatnot. We're not even handing the ball to him. We haven't gotten the ball to him. We haven't done anything with Brown all game, just moved him around in motion and made him like a, a, a smoke, you know, like a smoke screen, basically. And the defense never, they, they weren't really biting on it because I highlight one play, you know, in my videos where I'm like, dude, look, Brown's right here. He could have been open right here. But, you know, the defense isn't even like really keying in on him at all because every other player on the field has been targeted except for him. You know what I mean? I'm like, he's not even, he's not even in a target right here. And uh, it was just like, wow. So I think Joyner's a more physical player. I saw him at the end of the game where the announcer goes, whoa, Joyner just took a hard hit. But really, me watching it, I thought it was like Joyner put the hit on the guy. You know what I mean? It was more like Joyner made, you know, he like he lowered, lowered that shoulder and put the boom on him, you know. And I think Joyner's just a more physical player, and Brown's somehow getting his play time. So um, when you guys keep asking about Joiner, uh, you know maybe he's recovered. He was was recovering from an injury, but I also feel like yeah, Brown's getting his rep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go back to the O line, and then because Stephen Garcia touched on um, Spencer's play, okay, mm-hmm. right. and 
Okay, the O-line, actually, I only noted three plays um, through, like, seven drives. Because towards the end, I, I, I noted things. I did things a little differently. I quit breaking the plays down by the time they were bringing subs in and things. It was a lot of work. So the first seven drives or whatever that I do is what really needed to be focused on. Um, more often than not, the O-line was holding up. And in the plays that looked like Spencer was getting pressure – he honestly wasn't navigating his pocket properly. You know, uh, uh, you have to pay attention when somebody's um, – and, and Georgia was throwing some stunts in, guys. I mean, they were certainly mixing it up on our, on our O-line and making it difficult. But overall, they didn't do bad with it. And, and there were op- when, when they did get penetration, there were opportunities where an uh, 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 O-lineman could have recovered had Spencer like moved up into the pocket or moved a little left into the pocket or a little right into the pocket. But Spencer was backing up a lot of plays. He's just on his feet going backwards. Um, and it's like there's this assumed pressure at him. It's like, oh, he's under pressure the whole time. He was, he's going backwards the whole game. But when you go back and look, well, yeah, he needed, he needed to move laterally sometimes in the pocket, uh, horizontally you know, in the pocket so that he could avoid some of the pressure. Um, I have basically what I'm noting is the big problem for Spencer right now. You've got to learn how to navigate. And and Stephen Garcia said it, a SEC pocket. Mm -hmm. Okay. He is in the SEC, not the big 12. And the pocket is a lot different. Okay. Mm -hmm. The way things form, the pocket forms and all the pressure and all the things that happen, it's different. And I think the guys just come out to learn to navigate it. I do not think, and going on to the next thing, guys, lay off the Luke talk. Luke's not it. I mean, it's not that Luke's bad, guys, but he's not going to outperform Spencer in in most ways. Okay? I know he came in and got our touchdown, but, guys, our first string was still on the field against their their second and third guys. Keep that in mind. I know we subbed out a few players, but we saw how the first string O-lineman is. (laughs) Okay? So, you know, uh, and then he still threw a pick. Okay, he still threw a pick in, in one of those drives. Guys, lay off. I'm not saying Luke's, Luke's bad. I got some good notes on Luke, you know, in there too. But um, you know, you can't you can't just go into the hey, let's fire let's fire Satterfield, let's you know let's get Luke in and, and let him play. And, and based off of what we saw, um, we did see a lot of good O line play, guys. We saw successful runs when we probably didn't think we were going to get it. I would have liked to have seen him leaned on the pass, you know, Satterfield have leaned on the pass in some of those key situations and been a little, little bit more pass heavy than he was. It was like I said, it was like a, a hangover effect from all the criticism from last week. He didn't run the ball enough. Now he's going to run it a little bit too much. You know, right. uh, we got a young staff. We have a young staff that's in a tough league and most of them don't have SEC experience. Okay. So that's going to take take some time for these guys to figure out, you know, how they should do things in certain key moments, guys. I, I still see a bright future coming. They're doing good with their recruits. Um, the only thing, like I said, with Satterfield was he, did, he was looking like he was still trying to play with the offense a little bit too much. And I told you that the other day. George is not going to be the, the game for him to play with it and try some new formation. He needs to have it a little bit better in his mind when he gets there. Um, Steven Garcia talked about why we didn't see any deep passes. I will tell you, Georgia looked like they had those deep passes covered. They were cutting off our deep threats really hard. They were keying in on Wells. They couldn't get him the ball. Yeah. Um, they didn't have a didn't have a catch. Hard. Didn't have a catch. No. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. And, and 
that was even we're trying to force them some passes just to get them into the game. You know what I mean? They were keying in on Wells super hard. They were prepared for Wells. Uh, Brooks, Brooks did great again. He's my Wells and Brooks are my two favorite guys. I'm telling y'all, those are our two best wideouts. Um, I can tell y'all why it's not Van. I don't want to get into that. I did talk about that in one of my videos, and I can talk about that on another day. I don't want to call out Chris's show too much. Um, the other things I have noted was um, where, like, Austin Stogner, like, and did some blocks, and you had noted something like that as well. So there were some times where the O-line had looked like, oh, crap, we didn't get penetration there or something like that. And it looked like it was the O-line had broke down. And once again, actually, the O-line did fine. And I know I'm harping on that. And I actually said that in my notes. And I said, uh, thoughts for the show, focus on good O-line play. Because we had it. It, it was actually there, guys. Right. Okay? Our O-line play was really good. Um, and especially, let's consider who we were playing. Okay? Um, our O-line played really well against anybody, honestly, from my breakdown. And even more considering who they played against, they, they did really well. Um, so yeah. I know we're still in this worry about the O-line because of last year and all the struggles and this and that. And then, oh, the Georgia State game, it didn't look like the O-line was good. But the O-line looked good in Arkansas. Spencer had clean pockets. We were able to move the ball on the ground. It just didn't do it enough, enough time. Uh, the O-line looked good in against Georgia. We made holes. We got our guys through. We made key uh, key first downs with our running game, okay, in, a pow in power sets. The things I was starting to note later in the game, too, we were switching with power sets and things like that that were obvious lines, and Georgia did not shut us down. We got penetration. Our, our line pushed. And, and we had some great plays from our O-line. Just honestly, the, the question marks are going to come back to coaching decisions in key moments. I thought that we should have taken a field goal when we were down 14 to nothing. The announcers are going, well, you can understand why Beamer's not doing it. You're going to need touchdowns to beat Georgia. And I'm going, hey, yeah. Okay, yeah, I get you, but let's get some points on the board. Yeah. You know, let's let let that mid shooter let this leg out a little bit. You know, let's let's make sure he's ready for a clutch situation somewhere else. I yeah. know we're focusing on winning this game. Yeah. But steps to winning the game are taking points when you can get them. That could yeah. change the momentum of the game. Yeah. You turn around another possession later, uh, it's fourth and something, and you're in opponent territory and you punt it. After you just Went for it the last time in opponent territory and didn't take a field goal opportunity. The next yeah. time you get to opponent territory, you're not quite in field goal you know, position and you punt it. Now, it works out. We Our defense comes up with its first stop of the game after that punt, and and they, and, and we get the ball back in good position again. And then uh, same thing, though. We get it back into uh, opponent territory on a four, another fourth down, and these were some of those key decisions on which – plays we called of course as well but also uh, once again a decision not to go for it and to punt it again um uh you know and then georgia comes back down and gets a field goal out of that yeah. you know what i mean so Bree, Bree. uh you know it's like Bree, yeah you got, you got 30 seconds put a pin in it we got phone lines right. ringing off the hook i'm not trying to cut you off but, all right buddy yeah no, you're good yeah you're no good. hey man i told you cut me off i got a lot of analysis no, I know, a lot I know. Of notes. that was actually that was about the end of it buddy um 
guys uh, can check out my videos and, and please make comments. I can't do anything live or anything like that. I won't be doing any show anytime soon or anything like that. So I'll just be attending as a guest of yours and, and trying to help when I can. Uh, obviously, Monday is going to be, you know, when I have the most notes and things to go over and we can go over smaller things later. You guys have a good day. Chris, thanks for letting me call in. I hope, I hope this stuff was helpful. And uh, I, I, we have a lot of positive guys. There's a lot of good stuff, I promise you. Great. I appreciate it. And I posted your YouTube link, by the way, in the chat. So definitely everybody go check that out. All right. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great stuff. Again, later. Phone lines ringing off the hook. Call Let's from get into it. Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? How are you? Man, I'm chilling. Boy, I just knocked that out. Uh, first of all, who in their right mind thinks the offensive line has played good? At all this season, they played better. They played noticeably better each game, but not, but not good. We wouldn't say that. Now, before the season started, my big takeaway, my what I wanted to see was Spencer Rattler translate to the SEC. I was wondering how he was going to translate to the SEC, mm-hmm. and. I, ha- I don't think he's translated very well, but he has played two really good teams so far. So you can't really, you can't really put that on him. But I am, uh, I told you last week, I was disappointed with the way he was playing because I expected more. And I ain't nobody. I don't coach. I don't, I'm not a booster. So it ain't no big deal to me. But uh, he hadn't lived up to my expectations. Uh, the Georgia game. Yeah. Who thought? Who really thought we were going to win this game? Yeah, I don't think anybody did. Yeah, it's like you would have liked them to. You would have liked them to put up a fight. Hmm. And uh, not that I'm the biggest Phil Cornblue fan. You know, I kind of grew up on them, listening to them on the radio. I'm not the I'm not the greatest Phil Cornblue fan. You can understand why he asked that question, but it is a it's kind of a BS question because you can't you can't ask a coach of a college football team something like that. Well, I mean, it's like what but what is what is Beamer gonna what's Beamer gonna say? Like, yeah, they've given up. <laughs> I mean, he, he's obviously not going to say that. So, um, yeah. You you under you understand the question from a fan perspective mm. because we expected more fight. Right. And when you don't see that fight, you figure you figure in your mind that the team is giving up. But yeah. you can't you can't ask Shane Beamer that type of question of you know, a coach because he has to come out he has to give you a verbal back smack mm. because he can't say, Yeah, my boys have given up. Uh, you know, just a disappointing weekend at home. You get freaking throttled in front of the whole country. Uh, I want to see, uh, and, and I'm not talking about Charlotte or South Carolina State, but I want to see how this team rebounds. You, I mean, Kentucky's, Kentucky's had our number for hours. Kentucky's had the Gamecocks number for a, a decade now. What are they, eight of nine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's gonna that's gonna be a, a telltale sign. If uh if the game they if, if, to me it's 
not a must-win game, but it's a it's a put up or shut up. It's a big inflection point in the season. Mm-hmm. I, I think it could have the effect like uh, Dan Mullen. You remember uh, that after that Kentucky game, Dan Mullen, I think, kind of quit on that on the entire university. And I don't think I don't think Shane Beamer's going to quit. But it's going to be interesting to see how this team uh, reacts. How they how they perform after the Kentucky game, and just Spencer Rattler. I mean, it's not like I said. I expected more for him from him. I, he's the most talented quarterback in South Carolina history. But I just uh, I expected more. I expected him to be a bigger, make a bigger impact than he has already. And I I, I think that's why a lot of people were saying nine, ten games because they expected him to, to like be lights out. But then again, your caller before said he doesn't have five-star receivers and running backs, but he also doesn't have one of the premier play callers in the freaking country yeah. calling plays. I, I think, I think to, your, to your point, I, I think one of the, uh, the disappointing things for me is that I, I really was hoping that Rattler would have the effect of making his teammates around him better. You know, I, I, I guess it's kind of hard to quantify that at times, and football's not basketball or, or what have you. But, like, I, I really wanted to believe that he himself was going to make his teammates better. I just – I don't know that I've really – that I've really seen that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that I've, I've been able to point to and say he himself, with his play, is elevating everybody else around him. I, I just – I don't know that that's really the case. So – before before Spencer, Spencer Rattler was even considering South Carolina, on the on the the website that you uh, how can I say this? I don't want to get plugged another website on your show. Uh, the website who you have the guy you have on Thursday, right? He himself said he himself said uh, this is before Spencer Rattler was even after was even considering South Carolina. As far as I know, he said he said himself that he 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 didn't think Spencer Rattler would be a good fit because of the because of Lincoln Riley's play calling and just like remembering him saying that and watching and watching the play because he was saying something like a uh, he was like a one two read guy. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't think South Carolina is a one to read system. So it would be really difficult for him to translate. And remembering that and watching him play is like, it, you know, it's, it opens your eyes when somebody tells you something and you see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just interesting to watch it all play out. And that's why, you know, like in the season, that's why we talk about it. And those guys are on the field playing because you never really know. Mm. But uh, listen, man, I'm going to knock out the rest of these stats, man, and listen to your show. I'm going to holler at you, brother. Have a good one. Always appreciate your call, my friend. Thank you so much. Get after it. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Guys, I, I, I will not jump into a break if y'all want to keep the calls coming, man. I, the phones on, phone lines have been ringing off the hook. Uh, so I, I will not jump into a break if y'all want to – Continue to call in, man. Again, this show is for y'all. This Therapy Monday is for y'all. Y'all want to call in, voice your opinions. Obviously, we dropped the podcast this morning, episode 704. 
I gave you my full thoughts. Show's about an hour long. Uh, I gave my full takeaways from the game against Georgia on Saturday. Um, thoughts uh, of Marcus Satterfield and the play calling and everything. In my- What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, man? Uh, so, I had one question about something. Um you know, I saw that clip with uh, Muschamp when, you know, he came off the sidelines and, you know, the horde of Carolina players that went to, you know, go greet him or, you know, give love, whatever they may be. I couldn't help but feel like, you know, we hated Muschamp so much. But, you know, and I think about that comment that Beamer made about, you know, how the he made that sly comment towards Muschamp about how the culture change was and the facilities. What? I, I understand the comment, but it feels like that's not backed up by the fact that half the Carolina squad went and greeted Muschamp and gave him love. Yeah. I mean, they are his guys. I mean, they, they, they've all got love for him. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd said it during the week last week, how much he loved Muschamp. And, I, I mean, I, I don't expect them really to feel any different type of way, man. I mean, they, they you know, a big part of them coming to South Carolina, I would assume, was him. You know what I mean? You're not going to come play for a coach you hate. So, uh, it, it's just, you know, what you go through when you transition a roster and when you take over. And, I mean, it's just, you know, it's not like they can cut all the must-champ guys because then you'd be cutting out half the roster. You know what I mean? So, um, that's why I've said before with Beamer, man, like I, I, I'm i frustrated right now for sure. But I, I'm not – I don't think you can really even start to to cast judgment on Shane Beamer until he's got a roster full of his dudes. You know, like I'll be excited just next year. I I think you need to play probably three freshmen on the offensive line. Guys like Tree, Trovon Bow, uh, uh, Marquis Anderson. Like those guys need to play. Like I'm excited to see a a crop of Beamer dudes and and just see what they do. You know what I mean? Just see what they do. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not surprised they showed him love in the post game and, I just it just is what it is, I guess, man. But I, I get what you're saying with like the culture change and uh doesn't feel like it's being backed up when you when you lose by forty one on your home field. So Yeah, and um as for Satterfield, man, I you know, we have a way better squad this year than we did last year and uh I don't really understand, you know, it felt like it's so weird to think, you know, with a transfer or a graduate assistant starting quarterback, we felt like we had more of an offensive identity last year than we even do this year with a five-star transfer and Antoine Wells and Sheen Bell and Lloyd. I mean, do you feel like, you know, maybe the RB room is what is kind of holding things up? Because we had, I mean, last year, you know, the Quandre White went off. Like, the Quandre White was a beast. And, you know, even Kevin Harris, you know, when he started to recover more from, you know, his injury and maybe the RB room is holding us back? You know, I, I, I don't hate the group of backs we have. I mean, I, th- I think Lloyd has looked healthy, and I think healthy he's a solid player for sure. I don't know if he's going to quite meet the expectations everybody had for him on the recruiting trail, but, I mean, I, I think he can be a very productive back for you. You know, Christian Beal Smith – he should, I feel like, be productive, right? Did it at Wake. I like Juju McDowell a lot. So, I, I mean, bottom line is we're just not opening, enough, enough, opening up enough holes. We're, we're not balanced enough. We're not running the football well enough. Because, I, listen, I agree with you, man. It's, it's, it's maddening, you know what I mean? Because it, it almost feels like in these first three weeks, we're not a great judgment 
of our football team. I mean, again, we all knew we were going to be sitting here one and two. And it's much tougher to actually endure it and go through it than it is to sit there over the summer and go, well, we'll be one and two. We'll be fine, right? It's a lot harder to sit here and endure it. Um, I, I don't think we have bad running backs. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying we have the best running back room in the SEC by any stretch, but I don't think we have bad backs, man. I, I just think uh, the holes aren't really there. And, uh, you know, we I, I felt like we actually did have a couple on Saturday where it was like, we were one guy away from sort of breaking it open and, and you watch, you know, you, you go back and watch some of the film as well. And there were some holes that were missed. Um, so just across the board, man, it's just not good enough. I, I don't think the backs though, I don't think we have bad running backs necessarily. I, I just, you know, for whatever reason, again, the running game can't get going. I think a lot of it again is offensive line. I, I just, you know, you, you can't sit there and say, well, the offensive line is playing good. It's like, well, we're averaging three yards a carry. So riddle me that, you know what I mean? So, um, but there, right. there were a couple that were almost broke, you know, that, that, that really, I think, man, that, that really is the key to solving the offensive woes. I mean, Rattler's got to play better. We got to find an identity, but I think it's, it's hard to find an identity when you can't run the ball, when you just can't run the ball with like any sort of success, you know what I mean? So I, 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 I mean, I could almost look ahead to Kentucky and tell you just as simply as like, you know, if we run for less than hundred yards, we will lose. There's just no question. If we run for 150 or more, we will win. It's like historically when South Carolina has run the football well, we've won a lot, you know? And when we don't run it well, we just don't tend to win a lot. So, um, it really, I think, is as simple as that. But I I like the backs we have. I do. I I like the backs we have. Um, I just, you know, I'm hoping against starting this weekend against Charlotte, we see more out of them, obviously, in the entire running game. But – I wouldn't say, well, it's because we have a bad running back room. I I don't know that I'd go that far. How many points do we need to score against Charlotte to for Satterfield to prove the haters wrong? The limit does not exist, my friend. <laughs> I mean, for Satterfield – well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't know that any amount of points will, will prove the haters wrong in a game against, you know, Charlotte, right? Like, it, it's – folks are going to – folks are going to take it with a grain of salt. You know, folks are going to take it with a grain of salt, uh, whether it's fair or unfair, just because it's Charlotte. But uh, I tell you, man, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say, like, we need to score 50, dude. I, I mean, we really do. Like, the, the you know, I, I looked at these games against Charlotte and SC State as games that, you know, man, these are great opportunities to get Tanner Bailey and Braden Davis and Luke Doty and maybe even Dak Joyner and Colton Gothier and get all these backups play. But I tell you, man, like, with the struggles you've had, I don't know, dude. I, I think you need to leave the ones in there for quite a while. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think into the fourth quarter. Like, the ones need to get as many positive reps as humanly possible. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just – they need it. They need it badly. I mean, this is an offense that needs in-game reps. They need to have success in game. So, I don't think it's one of those things where you're like, well, we're, you know, we're up big at half. We'll just take Rattler out. Like, no, no, no. You need to keep going. So, dude, I, I think you need to score as, as much as possible. I mean, I think every time, every single time you get the football, you need to score. Like, that's the way I look at it. So, I mean, you, you can do the math from there, man. You have 10 possessions, you know, seven touchdowns and three if, field uh, goals. Like, you, you need to score. You, you need to score flat out. I mean, you just I, – I think that's the goal. I, I don't know if that you set an exact number, but into the 40s and 50s, I think I, that's where you need to be. If Rattler's uh, 
interception to touchdown ratio. If he has more interceptions to touchdowns by after South Carolina State, do you think it's time to start looking at other quarterbacks? That'd be pretty brutal, wouldn't it? Because that would mean he did not play very well in those two games. Um, I I don't know, man. It's 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 just tough to say. I I still think I still think Spencer Rattler is is by far our best option on the roster. There's so it's it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people, and, and I get it, right? People have loyalties and biases, and that exists. I think there's a lot of people that they don't like the fact that Spencer Rattler came in here as an outsider and just took the job, and then a guy like like Luke Doty, you know, is sort of like, quote-unquote, paid his dues, and he's all Gamecock. And, you know, Rattler's just sort of a, or at least we thought, a one-year thing, just this outsider, right? So – I think that that makes yeah. a lot of people want Luke Doty to take the job because, like, well, at least put the guy in that's truly a game cop, not this this guy who just came in here, right? But like, from the talent side of things, the talent perspective, Rattler's the guy, man. Like, I, it's not even remotely close. So, um, would we would we be any better than one and two right now with anybody else at QB? The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. We, we, we wouldn't. We'd still be exactly one and two. Exactly one and two. So, yeah. But, but, but to no, your point, I, I, to I, your I point, you. no, I, for sure. But to your point, Rattler's got to play well. I mean, God forbid, man. I, I mean, he needs a couple of three, four, five touchdown type of games, you know, and no picks. Yeah. That, that shit's got to stop. It just, so. um, it just feels like, you know, I were, you know, Beamer's head coach, you know, it doesn't matter what your rating is when you come into the Carolina squad, it doesn't matter. Even, I mean, it, it, it's as simple as no matter how he did at Oklahoma, if he's, if it's not translating over to South Carolina, then, you know, you got to make changes. You got to be brutal. doesn't matter if Spencer doesn't like it or not. He's got to own up to, you know, his mistakes and his performance. I feel like that as a head coach, you know, it's not, you know, it's not going to create a controversy. It's more so, putting the best guy in, and like you said, I agree with you. You know, you think about the Arkansas game. Arkansas had an offensive scheme that played so hard against our biggest weakness on defense, which is run defense, unfortunately. And, you know, you had a total of like 400 pounds between the quarterback and the running back. There was no stop in them on third and uh, third and short. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I hate so much on that Georgia game for how we played, but then, you know, you think about Arkansas. If we got blown out by Arkansas like we did Georgia – then, you know, I feel like maybe there would be more reason to think more about what we can change on offense. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, we, we, we need to see progress these next two weeks. There's just no other way to put it, man. Big time, big time progress. So, um, yeah. I think it starts to – I think it's time to start, you know, Shane Beamer needs to, you know, maybe an NFL scheme is just too much for yeah. these guys. Maybe, you know, I worry that maybe even with four new four-star, five-stars to develop, maybe even then it will be too much for those guys to understand something more hybrid between collegiate and NFL for them to adapt for when they, if they go to the NFL, but still mm -hmm. simple enough for them to understand, you know, that we get, we get shit done. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing I would say this too, because everybody wants, Everybody's saying fire Satterfield right now. Like, Satterfield ain't getting fired midseason. It's just not – I mean, at least right now. I, I just don't see it happening. Now, would they possibly do something at the bye week? I, I don't know. I don't know if they would or not. I don't know if Beamer – if Beamer is going to be willing to, to, you know, to pull the plug on that. But I have to believe behind closed doors there's some sort of adjustment being made, dude. There, there has to be. 
There has to be. So yeah, um, it's just more so. You know, my thing with Satterfield is what I'll give to him is he is a great recruiter. Like you know, you have a lot of these guys that you know a lot of these higher end recruiters recruits that we have rave about Satterfield. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how Muschamp was, even though his performance didn't translate. You know, you have to wonder maybe recruiter or maybe um, Satterfield steps down more as like an a co offensive coordinator more heavy on the recruiting side then we have a guy who's more in line towards play calling take the reins on play calling Hmm. so that we don't lose those you know that momentum on recruiting yeah i mean here here's the thing too is just to to your to the point of uh the offensive side man i mean beamer talked last night in his weekly uh teleconference i i think beamer thought the play calling wasn't all that bad believe it or not i mean (laughs) take it for what it's worth but uh you know, I, it felt like to me, he kind of felt like that, uh, you know, wasn't all as bad as it maybe looked. I, I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That ain't going to make anybody feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> For sure. But, uh, yeah, if you look at his quotes, man, he, I'm trying to pull up the quote right now while I'm on the phone with you. But he, uh, let's see, it was in his teleconference last night. Yeah, I mean, you know, put guys in position to make plays. Plays need to be made. Yeah. So, oh, pleased with the overall look of the offense and with the play calls. He understands the why of every call, what the game plan is, and what they're trying to get done. It's not good enough, but knows they'll be better. So, but I, I think, too, like you know if anybody's expecting he's going to come out and just throw Sad under the bus, it, it's it's just not going to happen. So, You know, what kind of intrigues me a little bit is that um, – you know, you think about how dominant just Clayton White's defense last year, and you know, coming into the, this preseason of this year, you know, Beamer talked about how there was more of a balance on how the offense was playing against our own defense, and I almost wonder if maybe you know our defensive personnel is not playing so hot. I mean, Devon. I mean, everyone raved about Devonnie Reed, and I haven't I haven't heard Devonnie Reed's name mm-hmm. once since the season started. Yeah. yeah. It's been Nicky Mawari, right? Hadn't been Devonnie Reed, so. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to head out. Thank you for uh, answering my call, Chris. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. All right, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Good stuff. Uh, guys, we'll just continue to roll through till 2 o'clock. You guys get your calls in 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. It's interesting, guys, what we're seeing right now. It's interesting. Again, I'm still fully, you know, on the Shane Beamer train, it's year two. As long as recruiting stays good, programs being built. But uh, I think what you're seeing right now on social media, right? Some of the, some of the, at least just some. I think it's in the minority, but some of the response. Not even Beamer's to the pressures of being a coach here. Zachary, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, I'm good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Well, you know, Chris. I'm hearing everything about this. I'm hearing everything about, like, that needs to be fired and people wondering what's going on. But you know what? I think we need to focus on the next two weeks. What can we do the next two weeks? It's like, in offense, can you find something that works within these next two weeks? Defense, can you get healthy? Because, like, I think that's one of my main concerns. Like, the defense is getting hurt a lot. And a lot of players, that key players, we uh, are going out. So, can the defense get healthy in these two weeks? And can the offense figure something out and learn? Like, I just feel like these guys need some confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you 
you and, and a lot of people just I don't feel like people are being reasonable because it's like you're going against Georgia State to start the year off. That's act like it doesn't matter if they're in the Sun Belt. They're still a really good team. You then you go up against a top ten team in Arkansas. Then you go up against the number one ranked team, Georgia, who are the returning national champions. That is an uphill – you were going against an uphill climb. You weren't – it's not like you were starting off against Akron or whatever, like Elon or, you know, Hawaii. You know, you weren't playing those teams. Like, you were, you're playing against three really good teams to start the year. And I feel like some people don't really notice that. By no means am I saying that that, that everything – you know, okay and all, but it's still like when you put someone through a but when you take someone through a buzzsaw, they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna get cut open. Like you know, you know what I'm trying to say. No, I I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I think it's great perspective you're providing on on the start to the season, the teams you've played, and all that. Um, and, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. On the flip side, I, I don't think, again, I don't think it's unfair looking at this game against Georgia. I don't think it's unfair to ask to be competitive. I, I don't think it's unfair. Like, I, I, in no world, no matter how much better Georgia is than you. And you know what? I, I give Coach Ford in the comments hell on the Daily Crow, but he made the point earlier. We did nothing that, like, Furman wouldn't have done against Georgia. We looked no better. God, Samford lost by less than we did. So, like, what does that tell you? Like, I, I don't think there's – I think that's where a, a ton of the frustration comes from. That's where the, mo- the majority of it. It's, it's not that you lost to Georgia. Everybody, everybody in their right mind picked you to lose to Georgia. It's just how it happened. I mean, again, we talked all summer about how you win and how you lose. Damn, dude, it's just, is it good enough to lose by 41? Is that good enough? It just, it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. It, it is, you know? And, and I tell you this right yeah, now, no. what sucks, what sucks, if we're being real, you look at Saturday, and it's hard not to say, and it's hard to avoid this fact, you're closer to Vandy than you are to Georgia. Much closer in regards to where you are as a football program. That's the harsh, harsh truth. That's the hard reality to face. You're closer to Vandy than you are to Georgia. So, I mean, I knew we had a long way to go, but holy shit, you know? I, it, it just... So, I, I, won't, I won't come down on any Gamecock fan. Nobody should, should be accepting of that. And I understand we got to, you know, we, we all need to spin it to keep our hopes high and and keep us going through the season. Because there's a lot of football left. And, and like I said on social media, I said on the podcast, I'll say right here, I'm still optimistic that this team can use the next two weeks, get healthy, gain confidence, right? And go into Lexington yeah. and get a big win. That's exactly what I predicted over the summer. That, you know, you're, you're going to get things together. This is going to be a two weeks to rally the troops, right? Play your best ball, figure it out, and go into Kentucky and put your best foot forward. And that's why I picked you yeah. to win in the preseason. But – you know, just and, and, all about how you win and lose. Losing and that, by 41 ain't good enough. Bottom line. It, it's just not. Yeah. 
and by all means, I'm not trying to like delude myself into saying that we are better than I think we are. But I'm saying that like when you look at the schedule, what the schedule put in front of you, and you look at all the factors that played a role in it, and you can honestly, and like I said, dude, does is that any excuse for what we put on the field? No, but I'm just saying like logically speaking, when you look on like like just from a logic standpoint, like, you know, like, by no means, like, I had to go in one and two, two. I, I was like, if, if you can possibly pull an upset, you can, if you can pull off an upset against one, but you can't upset both of them. But I was saying, like, you're going to go one and two in Charlotte and SE State. We're going to be games that you need to just, like, put your best foot forward, rally, and if you get this team to have enough confidence and enough plays play your way, mm-hmm. you can shock the world and beat Kentucky. Because, like, if, if, if you honestly want to look forward to Kentucky, Kentucky's not invincible. Like, neither are we, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, like, you know, I, I don't think Kentucky's as good. I, I think they're a little less good than I originally thought they were going to be. I thought Kentucky's going to be a little better. But I don't think and, and it's that crazy. It, it's crazy. We say that, and they're a top ten team. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing about it too, they're like, literally ranked eighth in the country, and, and we're talking about how, yeah. how how trash Kentucky is. That's that's wild. I, I'm not saying he's trash. I'm not saying, he's, I'm not saying they're trash. I'm just like they're not. As, I thought they would be a little more dominant mm-hmm. than they were, but it, it they just don't. They don't look that as, as dominant. They look like they have some weaknesses. I need to like actually look at them, but like from what I've seen from them, they that they don't look as what I was expecting them to look. Yeah, is what I'm saying. No, I got you. I got you. I understand. No, that's I mean that's that's a big one. Obviously, first you need to take care of Charlotte and 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 beat them the way you should and gain confidence. Because I mean, like you mentioned, man, the, the way the schedule sets up and to your point, right? The schedule was not conducive to a big start. And just a big season as a whole, just the, the way it plays out. Because you look, after these two games, you got Kentucky, who's ranked eighth in the country. You got Texas A&M, yeah. who's ranked 23rd in the country. Then you got yeah. then you got Mizzou and Vandy, right? Then after that, you've got Florida, who's 20th in the country. Then you got Tennessee, who's 11th. Then you got Clemson, who's 5th. So, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, here's the thing. Here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy when you look at this schedule. To get to bowl eligibility, you're going to have to beat a ranked opponent. Something that we have not done yet in the Shane Beamer era. Granted, I mean, he's only been here just a little bit over a year. But I'm just saying, you're going to have to win a game you're not supposed to win. To get to yeah. bowl eligibility. So Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's you know, that's, and I said, and I think I said this when, before we were kicking off the season, like, I'm not, like, I'm not too thrilled about this schedule and all the expectations that people are putting on us because it's like, this schedule is really hard. Like, you got to play Arkansas. You got to play Georgia. You already know you got to play Kentucky. You already know you got to play a and You already know you got to play Clemson. But, you know, like, Arkansas is really good this year. And Georgia is, you know, they're getting to the place where they're getting to Bamboo. Like, they just – they don't, you know, they reload they, instead of, like, you know, picking it down here. Uh, Kentucky's been really solid. And, you know, what Texas, and like Texas A&M, I mean, we can say what we want about Texas A&M. They're still better than them. 
uh, Missouri, you just haven't beat Missouri. Heck, last year you could have beat Missouri. You didn't beat Missouri last year. Um, Clemson has owned you for the uh, Clemson has owned us for the last couple of years, and Tennessee they they just look like better. They just look better. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, this this this, this the season the season's far from over, but yeah, you got to get it in gear and yeah, get it in gear fast. So yeah, I yeah, but like I said, like I and I agree with you, like. That like something that Beamer's not gonna do. Beamer's not gonna throw Stat on the bus. Yeah, he's not gonna fire him mid season. He's not gonna do any of that. And there are fans looking for him to throw Stat on the bus. He's looking for him to do that. You know, fire him mid season. But that's not how Beamer rolls. I think not only is Beamer trying to figure stuff out because this is his first time being a head coach, but I also think that he just wants to do these guys right Mm -hmm. because he wants that rep- reputation of doing guys right because you know who knows this might not be his you know he might get another chance somewhere else and or there might be someone who's like there might be someone who's watching who might be like man maybe i want to come here and then they see some stuff that beamer's done and they're like wait i don't like the way he handled that situation so i think he's trying to ride the fence between being between being by trying to handle situations right but still getting the job done. And that's, you know, a lesson he has to learn as a first-time head coach. Indeed. Zachary, I appreciate the call, man. We're going to get uh, one more in here, I think. going to try to. No, great stuff from you as always, my guy. Uh, somebody just called in. We missed it. If you want to try to squeeze it in real quick, we're about to hit 2 o'clock. But uh, I apologize, guys. I, I, I it's, it's tough on a day like today because I, I want to let people go and make their points. But we start getting into these 10, 15-minute calls. It's like, all right, call in, get you two, three minutes, and – we just got a lot of folks trying to call in today. So, uh, if you want to call back in, try to get in. I know Dave Garrett called in earlier, and we missed that as well. So, um, got a couple texts. Does it seem like Sack calls his plays like he's scared, too conservative? Just flat out calling the wrong plays. It, it felt weirdly conservative Saturday. It did. I just, just too conservative for that type of game when it's like we're already 26-point dogs, bro. Like, why not just throw everything at him? Um Hey, bro, it's not just predictable play calling on Coach Sapp, but also the strength and conditioning. Our guys are SEC strong, are not SEC sized or SEC strong. I mean, that's what I noticed. Here, one one final call here. Ryan, what's up, man? Good, man. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? I know you only got a couple minutes, so I'll make it quick. But uh, first and foremost, appreciate the shout out. Uh, yeah. And we talked about, you know, it's not how you lose. You know, it's just, or sorry, it's not about losing. It's just how you lose, you know. And it's, it's been looking. It's not looked great. Obviously, schedule is a big part of that. You know, we just need to really get it together these next couple of weeks. And you know, I think if we were all writing down the schedule, wins, losses, I think it's going about as expected. You know, the first five games of the season, I don't think there was really, you know, you had your people out there that thought, you know, maybe we, you know, you could steal a couple wins, but it's going as expected. So. Yeah. That first question mark of the season comes at Kentucky. You know, you really need to go out there and you need to figure it out quick. So, steal a win there. You know, your season's still salvageable. You know, I think we still have a good chance of having a good season. So, the doom and gloom, people just need to take a break on that a little bit. Um, other thing I really wanted to say was uh, shout out to Nick and Warrior. You know, that dude's a player. And you know, I'm really excited to see him play for the rest of, you know, next few years. Mm. I think he's really – that first recruit that's just kind of taking it off, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping we have a lot more guys like him 
but at the same time, front seven needs to step it up. There's no reason that your safety should have to be your leading tackler. I mean, as much as I enjoyed watching him play on Saturday, the guys in front of him have to be better. I mean, point point blank. Yeah. So anyways, that's all I got for you. I'll try to get some more, more questions for you next. Brian, I appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Great stuff from Brian Lattimore. And guys, we have hit 2 o'clock. Hey, thank you all so much for tuning in. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning, episode 704, full breakdown of the game over the weekend. Uh, really, really good stuff. Guys, podcast Wednesday and Friday. And, of course, today, TDC every single day this week, noon to 2. And, of course, content bleeding out the eyeballs. Guys, that's going to do it. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs>